seated. You came for Jesus to do something extraordinary in your life, didn't you? Well, you got to tell him, Jesus, do something to me. Well, he's going to do something to one person in here. Amen. You got to ask him to do, you got to invite him to do something in your life. Amen. You got to say, Jesus, do something to me. Come on now. I'm trying to get you ready. Amen. I'm trying to get you in receiving mode. Amen. You know, when uh, my grandson, Manny, and, uh, you know, he, he doesn't hide his emotions when he really wants something. And when he's hungry and he wants his bottle and he just got to see it and his legs start kicking and he starts shaking and he starts grunting. Why? Because he really wants it. Amen. And that's the way you are, too. Amen. When you really want something, you start shaking too. Your legs start moving. You start moving to the thing. Amen. So you got to get hungry for what Jesus want to do in your life today. Amen. You got to say, Jesus, do something to me. <laughs> I'm going to let you say this on the count of three. Amen. Hey, I'm going to give you one more chance. I'm going to give you one more chance to go to another level. Amen. On the count of three, you got to say, Jesus, do something to me. Amen. Because the Bible says that in John James chapter 4, verse around about 6 and 7, it says you, you draw now to God, he will draw what? You're on a collision course up in here right now. Amen. You're on a collision course. But, man, I want you to, I want you to nail that thing on the count of three. I want you to say, Jesus, do something to me. Amen. On the count of three. One, two, three. All right, we're going to make it happen up in here. Amen. We're going to talk to you about abiding in the light today. Amen. That's why I told them make it super dark. I wish I could get it. I wish I could get it supernatural dark. Amen. Well, you can't see your hand in front of your face. Don't you know there is a darkness like that? Where you can't see your hand in front of your face. Amen. And then. All you can depend on is the light. So we're going to talk about abiding in the light. Amen. Because without light, you can't really see. And I'm going to turn this around because I don't want my light to go out. But I'm going to set this up in a way where you can see this light. And we have to understand that our lives are based on light. Don't you know when the Bible said God created, recreated the heavens and the earth, he said he had to make what first? What did he say be first? He said light be because until you get light, you can't make nothing else. Amen. I'm trying to help you right now. Until you get light, you can't make nothing else. So if God has to get light first before he can create everything else, how much more do we have to get light? Amen. Because a lot of our times in our lives, we're trying to make something happen. Amen. And so really for this message today, Pastor Diana really told me what to preach on this year. Amen. You may even have trouble seeing your Bible. Why? Because you need what? Because I asked them to turn it off. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we were sitting at the, uh, we were sitting at one of the, t uh, the table after I think it was a mentoring class, and I sat there, and I just started talking. 
I started talking about Dr. Jacob's role in my life. And I said, you know what? My mom told me to go to school, so I went to school. My mom took me to church, so I went to church. My mom told me to go to college, so I went to college. But even her being the greatest, one of the greatest people on my side in my life to try to get me in the right place, it still wasn't enough to get me where God wanted me. Amen. Because people looking on the outside of you really don't know you. Amen. It's the enlightenment that comes on the inside of you that God brings that makes the difference in your life. Amen. I remember I was sitting in the kitchen with my mother and my sister, and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And my mom said, my sister spoke up. She said, Keith, you good at math. She said, you ought to be an engineer. I said, okay. I said, how long you got to go to school to be an engineer? <laughs> she said, you ought to be an engineer or a doctor. That's what she said. I said, how long you got to go to school to be a doctor? She said, eight years. I said, that ain't going to happen because I, I, I don't like school as it is right now. I'm just doing enough just to get by. Amen. And so um, I'm going to scoot this over here so I can get some light on the word. Amen. So she said, how long, I said, how long you got to go to school to be an engineer? She said, four years. I said, I'll do it. And so I went to school to be an engineer, and I got in school, and, and um, I went through, uh, started going through the program, and, and about halfway through, about halfway through the program, you know, I was doing things in my life I knew I shouldn't have been doing. And I said, enough of being what everybody else wants me to be or what they think I should be. Because they're looking at my life on the outside. But God has for something for me on the inside, and I don't know what it is because I've been living my life in darkness. The Bible says when you live in darkness, you stumble. You stumble over things when you are living in darkness. You make a lot of mistakes with your time and with your life, and I made them. And I got enough, I got tired of it at age 22. You know, 22 is too long to get revelation of who you're supposed to be. You know, how, you know the earliest we can see in the Bible? About eight years old. So if you're 15, you're seven years beyond your real illumination. Because God can lighten you at eight years old. Amen. How do you know that? Because he lit Samuel at eight years old. He told Samuel, you're going to be one of the greatest prophets that ever lived on the, play, on the earth. And he found that out at eight years old. Josiah became king at eight years old. You know what God wants to do today? Light you. He wants to light you. He wants to show you your real light. And we have to understand, we're just one flame away from complete darkness. Without, without the light of God, you live in darkness and you stumble, you fall over stuff, and, you, and you've got to depend on other people to tell you who you are. And, and, and all the people can do uh, on the outside of you is try to look at you and try to judge you from the outside and try to look at your attributes from the outside and tell you this is what you ought to be because we see this in you. And a lot of times they never really see the purpose of God. And they can be well-meaning people. They can be well-meaning people. And so 22 years old, I, I go home. I go to my apartment and I drop on my knees. When you get on your knees, God knows that you're ready for his plan. Amen. You know, I never went on my knees on my own. I don't even ever been, been on my knees, but I dropped on my knees in an apartment all by myself. 
And I said, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I lived. And whatever you want me to be and whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. The next morning when I woke up, this big beam of light came through the window. Just like it never seemed like light ever come through before. I seen light come through the window, but this was different. This light was supernatural. And I knew God was doing something different in my life for the first time. I had peace like no other time in my life. I didn't have to be with somebody. I didn't have to be in a relationship to feel whole. I didn't have to be in a relationship to feel like I was a real person. I was a real person because Jesus gave me light. He lit up my insides. My inside came alive like it never come alive for the first time. And then when I started reading my Bible, it seems like the words was coming off the pages. I said, Lord, why do I see the Bible like this now? He says, because you're going to be a pastor. Pastor. Yeah, you're going to be a pastor. Well, I'm in engineering school right now. He says, but you're going to be a pastor. I said, you want me to quit and go to seminary? He said, Lord, no. Praise God. <laughs> you could have messed this light up you got. <laughs> Boy, I'm telling you the truth. You're going to go back in the darkness if you do that. He says, you go ahead and finish, and you will finish. He said, you go ahead and finish. And, I, <laughs> and uh, he would talk to me. He would start calling my name in the apartment. I said, I hear where Keith. And I get up, and I walk all over the apartment, and nobody was there. And I knew it was God. And I started a Bible study in my apartment on Friday nights. I said, I'm not going to go out with everybody else. Because I'm through being what everybody else is. I got to be me. Oh, my goodness. If everybody in this world, where everybody just in this room, you just make a decision today that I'm not going to look out on the outside to find me. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let God illuminate me. That I see who I really am. And that's who I'm going to live and I'm going to be. The world is going to be a different place around you. Because you're going to start illuminating everything around you. And so I kept looking at the scriptures and we would have these Bible studies. The words be jumping off the page. And, and I'd be saying, does everybody see that? And, of course, by the time I invited Pastor Cynthia back into my life, <laughs> I said, God, if I invite her to my Bible study, she's going to start telling jokes. And <laughs> so while I'm over here getting illumination, she's over there telling jokes. <laughs> so, so anyway, so anyway, <laughs> I was walking across the campus one day because I'm going to tell you, inviting in the light of God, you you got two you got two abilities for vision. One is your natural vision and one is your spiritual vision. So you got ways, you got ability to see two different ways. But most people live their life by their natural eyes. That's not enough to get you where you're going. You got to see something that nobody else sees that only Jesus can show you. And so you've got to abide in the light long enough so you can see who you really are. So, so one day, um, one day I was walking across campus. I was about, I'm halfway done. And 
and uh, I think I'm walking across campus. I'm somewhere, and God gives me this vision. I'm, I'm walking across the campus in this vision. I've got on dress shoes. I got on dress pants. I got on a jacket and a tie and a shirt, and I got a briefcase, and I'm going to this interview. I'm going to interview, and then that was the end of it. About three, about two and a half years later from that vision, I'm walking across campus, and God says, stop. And I look down, I got shoes on, dress shoes on, I got dress pants on, I got a jacket on, I got a shirt and a tie, and I got this briefcase. And he says, I want to show you where you're going to show up before you get there. He says, the reason why I'm telling you this, I showed you this was going to happen before it happened. And I, w- I want to do the rest of your life like that. I want to show you where you're going before you get there. I don't want anybody to become your security about your destiny and your future. I want to be that for you. I plan on showing you where you're going to be before you get there. What God wants to do today, he wants to come into your life in another level of illumination. Because some of you got questions. Some of you got questions of what I'm supposed to do with my life. Where am I supposed to go with my life? What am I going to do with my life? Some of you are getting ready to graduate from high school. Some of you have already graduated from high school. And some of you on plans right now that's not necessarily God. Some of you with people that's not necessarily God. Some of you plan on going in relationships that's not necessarily God. And the reason why we do things like that is because we feel like we got to do something. Because people ask us all the time, what are you going to do when you graduate? And a lot of times most people don't know what they're going to do because everybody's been making decisions for them their whole life. And they've been making decisions based on the outside because nobody really knows you on the inside. Jesus has reserved the revelation of your illumination just for himself. He is your savior. He is your redeemer. And he has come so that you would have light in the midst of darkness. He has come to light your darkness. The Bible said when he came, a great light came to those that are sitting in the midst of darkness. I wanted to make it dark as I could in here today to let you so that there will be only one source of light so that you would realize for the rest of your life there's only one source of light for my life to illuminate who I really am. And there are very few people that God will anoint to understand something about your illumination. Amen. I'm going to say that again. There's very few people that are anointed to understand something about your illumination. When Mary was going to have a baby not knowing a man, she had to leave the town where she was and she had to get with Elizabeth because Elizabeth understood that God could do something supernatural in your life, something extraordinary in your life, something that only God could do. Amen. And so she went there and got with Elizabeth. So so there was only one person on the earth that understood her illumination. So when I moved to Indiana, I finished college and, and, and people said everything happened to me all at once. I walked off the graduation stage and I walked to the church and I got married to Cynthia. And then uh, after we got married, praise God, we came together just like the Bible said. Amen. And then here comes Keisha on the way. They questioned us about their birth because it was so close. <laughs> it was so close. It was right on the dime. Said, was this a shotgun wedding? No, child. 
<laughs> we were illuminated. <laughs> Amen. We were illuminated. And so, um, <laughs> and so then I started a new job, and the first thing I did when I hit Indiana, I said, I got to get in the church. And I didn't understand what I was looking for. I was looking for illumination about my life to the next level. And now that I, after talking to Dr. Jacobs, Dr. Jacobs was praying for illumination should he start Church on the Rock. So I showed up to get illuminated, and he was praying to get illumination of whether or not he should even start this church. Somebody said, you ought to be thanking God. Somebody, you know, me too, but you ought to be thanking God. Because all the revelation and all the impartation and all of the love and kindness that you've been receiving because some man said yes to the light of God. And I'm trying to tell you that your light is not just meant to illuminate your life. Somebody in here going to illuminate somebody else. Before we done here, some of you going to illuminate somebody. Somebody in your house going to need illumination is what you're going to get. You're going to, God is going to light you so that they, you can light somebody at your house, light somebody at your school. Because I had this little light going on in the inside of me. And nobody knew who I was. I never even told my wife I was called into the ministry. Never said a word to her. Because a lot of times you're asking yourself, God, can it really be like that? God, is that really what you want? Can't you see how critical it is for you to be around the right people? Because everybody is not going to see your illumination. God may anoint, he's anointed some people to see it. And so here I am, I'm with Dr. Jacobson. And man, I, I meet him for the first time and my spirit just clicks. My spirit just clicks. It don't take a scholar to learn how to follow God. <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, I don't. You don't have to know much at all because I know because I didn't know anything. <laughs> but I knew when I saw him, he's different. I've been here for eight months and I've been looking for a pastor. Thinking I was looking for a church, I'm looking for a pastor. And when I see this man, my spirit leaps, just like I told you my grandson leaps when he sees a bottle of milk. My spirit jumped on the inside of me. And we've been together going on 30 years and I'm never going to leave. Why? Because that's light to me. I said, that's light to me. When you see people are promoting light in you, and I'm going to say this again, boy. When you see people are putting light in you, don't think you can just go anywhere else and get light again. Amen, boy. I'm telling you right now, you got to understand when people are giving me light, then you've got to follow the candlestick wherever wherever the light is coming from. You got to follow that, and you got to stay with that the rest of your life, because bless God forever, God can begin to add candles to your life. Amen. Pastor Diana is a candle to my life. Amen. You better know what's giving you light, because whatever's giving you light is producing life in you. Amen. Whatever's giving you life is giving you light and life because it's beginning to reveal who you really are. See, empowerment starts when you find out who you really are because that's where God's put your anointing. That's where God's put his strength. That's where God's put his ability. That's where he's put his might on the inside of you. And when you get that flame on the inside of you, then his ability and his life begins to come through you.
That's what Jesus Christ is, a man with the light of God and the life of God resident on the inside of him with the ability to change other people. And so when Dr. Jacobs made that decision to pastor this church, that's why God sent me to this town in the first place. I don't know everything about Louisville, but I know a lot about Louisville and Southern Indiana. I can't tell you about my church journeys for eight months until I found him. I can't tell you about all the darknesses I saw in churches. that I, I, I got so discouraged, I said, they don't need to go into church. I told God I ain't going no more. I'm going to stay at home and read my Bible and watch Charles Stanley on television. If y'all know who he is. That was, that was as good it was getting for me up until that point. And then I met him. And then one day we were talking. We just standing talking at a picnic. And he looked at me and he said, Keith, you're called into the ministry, aren't you? And the peace of God came over me. And God said, you can tell him because he's going to help develop you. God's got certain people in your life to enlighten you. I want you to look in your Bible here. I'm going to give you some scriptures here. We're going to read these. Look over here in Look over here in Proverbs chapter 20 and 27. I know it's dark in here. But can you see it okay? Praise God. Look over in Proverbs 20 and 27. And look what it says right here. That's why I got these candles up here. Y'all working it, aren't you? It says the spirit of man. I'll just read it out to you. You can write it down. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. So what is that scripture saying? That my spirit is a candle of the Lord's, but candles have to be lit, don't they? A candle is of no value unless somebody lights it. Amen. A candle is no value until somebody's lighting. You have a spirit, but the question is, did God light it? Have I allowed God to light the candle in my life? The day I hit my knees, God lit my candle. He lit my candle, and then he started putting other candles around my light, starting with my pastors. And I was talking to Pastor Alvin this morning. Everybody that's associated with him, everybody that's associated with him, and the ministers that were associated with him over these 30 years, because I was with him, they were able to bring in their light also. I wish I had some candles I could lit up. And so that you can see that then all of a sudden you begin to get illumination all around your light. Then, new, then additional illumination begins to come. And additional illumination begins to come. And then you start getting a picture. What happens is that God begins to illuminate aspects about your life that have been hidden in your belly. <laughs> you can stop looking out now trying to find somebody with your answer. Because your answer is on the inside of you. All you've got to do is get who you are illuminated. Amen. And you can't light your own candle. God's got to light your candle first. And then he takes people that are lit and illuminated that have been 
predestined to be a part of your life and he puts you around them. And then the light begins to get brighter and brighter and gets get brighter and brighter and brighter. And the more you give yourself to those that provide light for you, the quicker you move into the plan of God. The more you pull away from those that have illumination for you, the longer it takes for you to get in the plan of God. And if you don't let God light your candle, you keep doing what everybody says around you. You keep doing what they're talking about. You keep going in the direction that they think. And I ain't got time for people to be guessing about my life. I don't have time people. And then some people, they, they, they just blurt stuff out. They, 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 they guessing. They don't know. They just saying stuff. <laughs> the audacity for somebody to tell you you don't. When you've been fearfully and wonderfully made and created in the image and likeness of God. I dare someone tell you that. I dare someone tells you, you don't know what you're doing. When, when God's done put the doing on the inside of you, all I need to do is just get illuminated. I dare somebody tell you, where you that's all they're going to do in life. They're never going to go beyond that. Oh, no, your light is supernatural on the inside of you because God lit it. Amen. This is what God is turning on. This is what God is enlightening. This is what he's doing when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Go over here and look at another scripture with me. Over here in um, Psalms 18. Psalms 18. And verse 28. Psalms 18 and verse 28. If you can't see, I'm going to read it to you. For thou will light my candle. Read that again. For thou will light my candle. The Lord will enlighten my darkness. Because when you have questions and you don't know what you're supposed to do with your life, that's called darkness. And when you don't have dreams and visions where God begin to show you things, that's darkness. But if God lightens your candle, you're going to start seeing stuff. Amen. When God lightens your candle, if he's called you in the business, you're going to start seeing business. <laughs> There's a man that came to our church, and he got up and he gave this testimony. And he got up, and this guy, is, God's really blessed him, blessed him in business and financially. And he got up and gave his testimony, and my mouth could have fell open. He said, two years ago, I was living in a car. He said, I had no money at all, and I was living out of car. And when you look at him now, you wouldn't even dream that it could be this man. He said, two years ago, I was living out of my car, and I'm sitting there listening to this, and my mouth went open. But he said, I got on my knees. And he said, God enlightened my darkness. And he said, Pastor Rogan, my business was doing good when, before I met you. But now that I've met you, things have exploded because a whole nother level of light has come. 
you're going to have to follow the pathway of light. The Bible says you take the first light, and then the path of the righteous just keeps getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And you you begin to see some of the things that God's going to do, and you start living with joy. Because God's trying to show you, like the Bible says, the end from the beginning. You know, I wanted it dark in here to show you that your ability to see is not based on the fact that you got eyes. You think you can see because you got eyes, <laughs> but eyes ain't enough. Because if we took out the lights in these, in these ceiling panels up top, and we took out the light from these lights that's still here in the background, because I wanted to make it black dog. I wanted to make it country dog. Y'all know what country dog is? <laughs> Some of y'all know what country dog is. Let me tell you what country dog is. Because <laughs> I used to go to the country and stay with my granddad and grandmother over the weekend. And, and, and they didn't have running water in the house. So you couldn't get up like at night and go to the bathroom down the hall. No, you got to go to the little house out there. It's about 30, 40 yards away from the house. You know why they keep it away from the house? Because you don't flush nothing up in there. So you got to keep that out there. We got to keep it away from the house. So if you get up at night and you got to go out in the country, there are no street lights. There are no porch lights. It's black dog. And you stick your head out there because you think you're going to the restroom. And then all of a sudden, stuff start talking in the night. Yep, come on out here. We waiting on you. You start hearing stuff. You close the door and say, I'm going to have to hold this. Because <laughs> if I get out there and something get a hold of me in the dark, don't nobody know where I am. <laughs> That's real dog. <laughs> when it gets dark, you can stumble too. You can fall over stuff ordinary you wouldn't necessarily stumble over because you could see it in the way. Amen. And the Bible said that person that doesn't have light is stumbling. And you can stumble so long and it can get so dark because you can't see victory with the natural eye. Can't see victory with the natural eye. You got to see victory with the spiritual eye. If you're trying to wait till everything looks good because of what you see with your natural eye, the enemy is going to beat you. He's going to beat you. But it, oh, if you could see with your spiritual eyes. I remember I went to the, I just went to the dentist the other day talking about stumbling. And somebody, this guy, he came in to put some cabinets in at the dentist's office. So I went in to the dentist's office. I came in to pay my bill. And uh, I, uh, I uh, opened the door, and this guy left his toolbox right on the welcoming mat. The welcoming mat got a toolbox on it. So I opened the door, and I stepped through. I stumbled. I rolled to the reception desk. <laughs> Wait a minute. Y'all ain't supposed to be laughing when somebody fall. 
I thought we had some believers up in here. <laughs> I rolled to the desk. <laughs> I mean, it was like a ruckus, man. You ever seen the movies where stuff starts? It was so loud that the de- the head dentist came out. He came running out. I said, yeah, you're going to have to pay my bill today because I feel something in my back. <laughs> I feel I'm feeling something. <laughs> you have to pay this bill. I thought I was going to pay it, but you're going to have to pay it today. No, the reason why I stumbled is because I couldn't see what was in front of me, even though my eyes was open. Amen. You don't stumble even though your eyes was open because there's some people you trusted. And your eyes was open. And they caused you to stumble. Come on now, y'all ain't laughing now. <laughs> y'all ain't laughing now. Because when you stumble, it hurt. Ooh. Ah. Ooh. <laughs> when somebody else stumbled, that looked like comedy. The key to it is what you see. Jesus said this. I don't have time to go into the scripture. He said, the reason why I can do what I do is because of what I see before I do it. He said, I can see what the Father is doing so I can do what he's doing. So your life is based on what you can see. Amen. You know why they make children's toys? They got a little stove over there. They make a stove, make a lawnmower, because the child sees you doing that, and they want to do that. So they got to make a toys to simulate them doing that. So you only do what you see, but most people only see what they naturalize. So their life ends up being natural because all they do is pattern their life off of what they see somebody do in the natural. Now, your natural eyes, <laughs> remember Pastor Alvin was talking about this. He said, you see with your mind. You don't see with your eyes. And that's true. Just because you got eyes, I'm going to say it again, that don't mean you see. So, in order for your natural eyes to see, you think you're seeing with your eyes, but you're actually seeing with your mind when you go look it up like I did. They said, the lower the light, the less your ability to see. Because what happens is light reflects off the object you're looking at, and the reflection of the light goes into your eye. So your eye is not receiving that thing. It's receiving the light of that thing. Is that good? Well, praise God. I thought it was good, too. It receives the light of the thing that you are looking at. And then the light goes to the back of your eyeball, like it's called your retina, and then it begins to send signals to your brain. And then your brain, your mind takes those signals out of you and interprets what you're seeing. And if you see in trouble, you say, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? There's a story in the Bible about the prophet and his servant. 
and the prophet could foresee and tell the king of Israel when the Syrian army was going to attack them. And so the prophet was telling the king, yep, the Syrian army is going to be right over here trying to attack you. If you go through there, he's going to ambush you. So the Israelites were able to counter ambush. And so the king of Assyria says, we're going to go down there. We got to get rid of this prophet. He's a secret weapon. And he sends a whole army down there. He sends a whole army to capture one man. Let me put it this way. If 20 police cars show up outside your house, we know you're in trouble. <laughs> if 20 police cars got and SWAT got your house surrounded, we know you done done something real bad. And people don't even know what you did. They stand out there like, yeah, I knew they were looking kind of weird. I knew something was wrong with those children. I told y'all. They were just talking. The only reason I said it because they see all the cars. So, so, so now the whole army, why you send the army after one man? Why you send a whole arm after one man? Because of his ability to do what? That's right. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Because your value is based on your ability to see in the spirit realm. So the enemy's plan is to darken you your whole life. So that the moral of that story in that passage of scripture is more for you than against you. Because when the servant got up, they couldn't see. He saw those chariots and all those soldiers surrounding the city. He said, Lord, he said, Master, we in trouble. What are we going to do? And then the Lord prayed, Lord, open his, the servant, the, the prophet prayed, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see that it's more for me and for him than against us. Amen. What do you mean open his eyes? His eyes are already open. His eyes are already open. That's right. His spiritual eyes. What we're working on today is get your spiritual eyes open. What we're working on today, get your spiritual eyes open and understand what's stopping you from spiritually seeing. Amen. To stopping you from spiritually seeing. Let me show you something here. When... Uh, your spiritual eyes see almost similar to your natural eyes. Your spiritual eyes see when God lightens your spirit. He lightens your spirit, and now everything that God wants to work through your light comes through the flames of your spirit, and he begins to illuminate your mind. He begins to illuminate your mind, and you begin to see things now not based on what's on the outside. You see things now based on the inside. Now you're beginning fed from, from the inside. Amen? So let me tell you, just give you a few things here. I want to tell you some of the things you can do to make sure you're going to see. The first thing is, in order to see, you've got to repent. Because that's what I had to do in my life. And sometimes you can be a believer. I was, like I said, I was a believer. I was a Christian, but I didn't do everything I was supposed to do. In Ephesians chapter 5, I believe it's around verse 17 or 18, you can write that down. The Bible says, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness because they come, the purpose of darkness and the purpose of doing things that are against God's will is for one point. The only purpose of sin is to blind you. 
That's the only purpose of darkness. It has one purpose. It's to blind you from who you really are. When it says have no fellowship with them, and the reason why he's saying break off the fellowship is because it's going to blind you from your spiritual life. Because God will not, he cannot enlighten me if I'm living against his will. He can't enlighten me if I'm in atmospheres and things that are against his will. They automatically place blinders on me. And even though I'm going to church every Sunday, because I know how to do that, I go to church every Sunday, but I still don't see my destiny. I still don't have answers about my life. I still don't have this illumination. I still don't know who I really am. And I still don't know what I'm called to do. And when you're in that place and you don't see things, you got to look at your life. And at that point in time in my life, I had to get on my knees. I dropped on my knees and I said, Lord, I repent. I am so sorry for everything I've done. that's out of line with your will for my life. And the moment I did that, the light came back on. Because until you do that, it just stays dark. And that's how you live your life. You live your life trying to see in the natural. You live your life trying to see things in the natural and you just keep walking around. And until you get on your knees, I don't care if you go to church. Until you get on your knees and say, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I lived. And repentance means to change the way you think. What's going to change the way you think? God's going to turn the light back on. And then you're going to start seeing things in a whole new light. Some of you may need to repent today. We're going to give you a chance to do that. Don't you worry about what somebody else said, but my light is, I want my light back. I want to know who I really am. Then it says here, I want to give you some things to help you live an illuminated life. We talked about this. You're going to have to stay with your pastor. You're going to have to stay with your pastor. I believe it's in Acts chapter 20. You're going to stay with your pastor. You're going to stay with the one that God gave you. And you're going to have to make that. And Pastor Alvin talked about that because that pastor is a source of light for you. And some people have, have really... <laughs> belittled the pastoral office. But let me show you something. I I, want to show you this over in Acts. I believe it's Acts chapter 20. Listen to what Apostle Paul's assignment was over in Acts chapter 20. Well, Acts 26, I'm sorry. Turn to Acts 26. And verse 18. This is what Jesus personally told Apostle Paul his assignment was. He says here. Let's look up here to Acts 26 and verse 16. He says, he's talking to Apostle Paul. He says, arise and stand upon thy feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. This is another enlightenment to He said, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. To do what? To open their eyes and turn them from what? To light. That's one of the first steps had. Then he says, we're going to turn you from darkness light 
Then we're going to turn you from Satan's power to the power of God. And then we're going to give you your inheritance. But it all starts by what? Getting the light on. It all starts by getting the light on. He says we, we got to, he says we got we to turn them from darkness to light. We got to open their eyes because they are seeing, but they're not really seeing their life. Amen. So guess what? He says they can't do that by themselves. I got to send you to them to do that. Every time you go to church, you ought to be shouting hallelujah. You ought to be thanking God, I'm going to get vision for my life. I'm going to get insight for my life. I've repented now. I'm going to get insight for my life. God is going to get getting ready to show me my destiny. I'm going to get enlightened, amen. I'm going, to, I'm going to go to a whole nother level. And when you sit in the congregations, I'm telling you, I remember Dr. Jacobs took me to my first convention. We went to the Kenneth Copeland convention. And God I mean, he started turning me inside out. He started telling me, he started talking. He said, he had me writing stuff down. He says, you're going to build, he told me, he says, you, you're going to build houses. He says, you, 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 you're going to raise up a local church. He started telling me all these things, and I'm sitting up, in, and I'm writing all these things down. There's several things he wrote down. He told me to write down. And I've been sitting there watching them all come to pass now. Because somebody else has got to lighten you. Somebody else has got to lighten you. And God picks the person himself. And when he puts that person in your life, you got to stay with him. Amen. Let me show you something else down here, what it says. He says, so I got I to gotta what? I got to repent. I got to stay with my pastor. Amen. I got to stay in the word of God. If I'm going to have light, I got to repent. I got to stay with my pastor. I got to stay in the word of God. Amen. Write this scripture down, Psalms 119 and verse 30. Psalms 119, I said 30, but it's 130. We're not going to turn there for the sake of time. You know what that scripture says? The entrance of your word gives light. There'll be times you're sitting reading the word and God will give you a light on the situation. What am I trying to tell you today? You got to get light. You got to get enlightened so you can see the plan of God for your life. And it's going to start unfolding today in a whole new way. Next, you got to pray for light. Turn over here to Ephesians chapter 117. Ephesians 117. These are things that God just told me to give you so that you can have light. Amen. Look over Ephesians 117. And this is a prayer Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. But I've been praying this prayer for years now. Been praying it for years now. This is what this scripture says right here. It says, well, we'll start at verse 16. It says, he ceased not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Look at verse 18. The eyes of your understanding being what? Enlightened. And when you look that word up, enlightenment, it's, it means to bring into existence something that's never existed before. Come on now, I'm trying to tell you. God can enlighten you to bring a business into existence that never existed before.
because that man I was telling you about, he was living in his car. And then God enlightened him and gave him a business and people are just coming to him, coming to him and asking him to do what he does for them. How did that come? Through enlightenment? To bring something in existence that was not existing before. That's what our job is. Hey, man, for, 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 for me, we go to, we're sitting there and I'm thinking, God, 12 years go by, we're Dr. Jacob, 12 years go by, and then all of a sudden, Pastor Diane and Pastor Jacob begin to prophesy over my life, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there, they prophesied over me, and they said, we're sending you out. We're sending you out. He says, you got impregnated with the plan of God. And now you got to give birth. You got to bring into existence something that has never existed before. There was no church on the Rock Nashville until Pastor Cynthia and I and Keisha and Karina and Candace and Caleb went back there. And when we showed up, there was nothing physical there but us. But when you got something on the inside of you, when you, because see, all you need is the light of the thing. All you need is the light of the thing because the way the thing works from the supernatural, God comes in, he comes in and he begins to lighten your spirit. He comes back in, he lightens your spirit back. Then he puts people around you to lighten you. And then all of a sudden, you can see something that don't even exist. You begin to see something that don't even exist and that's when you're living. Anybody can see something that already is. Come on now. Anybody can see something that already is but it takes an enlightened person to bring something into existence that never existed before. And sometimes I've even driving by the church where we are now and I look over there and see the apartments that we build and I see the church God says, you've marked this planet forever. It's marked because of what you saw. Then he starts telling us to go to Brentwood. I had no idea there'd be two churches. Then the light comes on again. God will add as much illumination to your life as you want. Don't you know most people live and they never illuminate it? All you got to do is look at the generation behind them and you can tell what they're going to do. And sometimes that can be depressing. But if you're hungry for a change, that's why I told you, said, Jesus, do something to me. Light my candle so that I can do something that's never existed before. And don't you know what, they, what this world needs? You know what's going to change it? Not the status quo. What's going to change this world is you birthing something that only the Holy Ghost can birth through you and bring into existence something only the Spirit of God can bring through you. That's going to make everything in darkness stop and turn to the light. And that's what he wants to do in your life. Amen. I like the scripture in Isaiah. It says, God sees the end from the beginning, or he declares it. See, at the beginning of a thing, 
you can look at the beginning of a thing and you can say, well, that's going to be difficult because you're looking with your natural eye. But if you get over here on the end of the thing, if you get here on the end of the thing and stand over here where God's standing, he wants to give you the illumination so you can see what he's seeing, so he can see the finished work. So even though you starting in the beginning, you can still praise God because I might be down here, but I see what God's seeing down there. So while I'm going through this thing, I can go ahead and give him the praise. When it don't look like I got enough money to make it through a situation, I wasn't looking from this side. I was looking from the side over here. And if you just stay with me a little while longer, then I'm going to bring something into existence you ain't never seen before. Because I'm through living with my natural eyes. I've determined to live illuminated through my spiritual eyes and bring something into existence that never never existed before. Why did God say, I got things for you that I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither entered into the heart of man, the things that God had prepared for them that love him. He said, I'm not talking about stuff you got to go get. I've already prepared your business. I've already prepared your deliverance. I just need you to get some vision and stand down at the end with me. Stand at the end with me so you can spend the rest of your days in praise. Thanking God that this thing is going to turn out to my favor. This thing is going to turn out to my favor. All things are working for me. That's what he's trying to get to happen in our lives. Look down here a little bit further. He says this. He says, I want you to pray for illumination so I can begin to show you things that never existed before. Then he says right here, I want you in John chapter, John, Gospel of John chapter 1, not the Gospel of John, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7. The Bible says, if we fellowship with God in the light where he is, if we fellowship in the light where he is, and if we walk in the light with him where he is, then we'll start having fellowship with him. That's where the exchange is made. He starts showing you your real life in fellowship, in light with him. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, is what that scripture says, then we start having fellowship one with another, which means that the exchange of these divine things don't happen unless, unless we abide in the light. The Bible says this, if a man has darkness in him, how great is the darkness? Because if it's just a little dark, you still can see a little bit. But he says, if a man has light in him, if he's single focused, you know what Jesus is waiting on? A single focused church. He said, if I can get, he said, because the light in them will be great. If I can get a single focused church that won't fellowship with any type of darkness, I can illuminate them so they can begin to see things that no other person has ever seen. And he says, you're going to see a glory that has never manifested in this earth before. And boy, I'm telling you right now, it's time for it. That's why I'm preaching this message to you. It's time for it. Jesus is ready to light somebody up. Amen. He's ready to light somebody up. It says right here, in Ephesians 5, I believe it's verse 17, I said this, stay out of darkness. 
Stay out of darkness. Somebody say, stay out of darkness. All right. This is my last scripture right here. Turn over here to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. God wants you to abide in light. He wants to lighten your candle. Hallelujah. So you can start seeing things. We never dreamed of that we'd be in a situation where we've passed in two churches. We just, we just now got to the place where we start looking for buildings and um, we ended up in a place that's actually bigger than the place we got now. And there's about 13 people go to the Brentwood Church, about 13, maybe 15 people. They come to the Brentwood Church on Tuesday nights. And then I ended up in a building. I'm standing in a building that's larger than the building I got now. That costs more money than the building I got now. long time ago, I would have ran from that. Hey, Amen. I just took off running. <laughs> oh, what are you doing in a building with 13 people that cost more than the building you got now? Because if you're looking down on this end, you're supposed to run. It's going to say, shoot, Chad, get out of here. But when I walked in the building for the first time, God says, I know what you're thinking about, and I want you to stop it right now. <laughs> Amen. He said, you stop that right now. He said, I'm the same God that when you didn't have the money for the other building." Man, they make me break down up in here and do something. <laughs> I might do something. Amen. You do some stuff, start happening to you. You start breaking stuff down. You don't care nothing about what nobody say. Why? Because God is cha- God is bringing you out. You're beginning to see I don't have no limitations. When I got vision, I don't have no limitations because I can see the end before the beginning, bless God. I can see it full, honey, while I'm standing right here. I can see it full while it's empty. I ain't using the same eyes no more. Any person can see it empty, but it takes a supernatural person to see it full. Hallelujah. Don't you know that Jesus went to the cross without one Christian? He saw for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. He saw you sitting up in here right now getting illuminated. So he went on to the cross. See, you you can move off money. You can move off the value you see on the dollar bill. That's why they put numbers on the money. So you won't be trying to get too much stuff. So you've been trained. This number going to let me get that. 
Oh, yeah, that's how most people live. This number going to let me get that. Bless God forever. God's got a revelation and illumination to you. He said, come buy milk without money. Come buy a dream without money. Come buy hope without money. Come buy a vision without no money in your pocket. Only thing you know is you better get what I'm showing you. You ought to shout because you can buy something without no money. You can have something without money. So you ain't got a limitation no more if you can see God. We done living by our wallet. We are ready to start living by what we see. And what we see is what eyes ain't never seen before. Go sit back down. Hallelujah. You ought to tell Jesus, do a work on my eyes, Jesus. No. I went in there the first time. He said, oh, don't even play that with me. Ain't nobody even know he's talking to me. You know you need to see the first thing you think about is money. You shouldn't be thinking about money if it's the will of God. All you need to know is it's the will of God and that he showed it to you. It's already funded. It's already funded. So I stepped up in that building. You ever seen mama with the children? Stop that. Because you ain't done, you just keep doing something. And your mom say, stop that. Come on and pop you on the wrist. So I got in that building and I started looking around. And I started thinking about the money. God said, stop that. You stop that right now. That has nothing to do with it. That is how you've been trained through your natural eyes because there's places when you didn't have the dollar amount, you wouldn't go in there because you thought in that place the dollar amount exceeded what you had. And so that limited you. But you ain't living like that no more. You're not living by what amount on the dollar bill. You're living by what I show you in dreams and in visions. You're watching what I show you through the illumination because that's what you can have. And so you're going to be bringing into existence things that's never existed before because you are using illuminated eyes now. He said, you stop that. I said, I'm sorry, Lord. Be quick to repent. So I started watching all the things that God sent me. He says, don't despise small beginnings. He said, boy, if you're going to fail, you done failed a long time ago. When I told you to build a $400,000 building with $140,000. And people was coming in front of the church taking pictures because they didn't think you were going to finish. You know why? Because they standing down here on this end. <laughs> Go on, take pictures down there. But I'm standing down here and praising my way through. <laughs> 
remember the day, because see, some people can see it when you're going to make it. So this man, he came out this day. He didn't know the church was going to reach this level of completion. They done put the driveway in now. They done paved it a black top in. It's looking beautiful. They done put the driving system in front of the building. He came up in his normal pattern, pull up in front of the church and take a picture. This day he did, he just froze. <laughs> go on, click it. Go on, click it. Go on, take one more. So when you sit at home, the next time you mess with Jehovah and his children, you'll know that it is God, that when he speaks, it's done. And when he commands, it stands fast. He starts with a word first. <laughs> he starts with a vision first. A word first. You just didn't see what I was seeing, but now you see it, so now you can be a believer. He is the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, and he's calling this thing as though it wasn't calling those things that be not. So the next time I went back to the building again, and I stood in there the second time, I saw the thing filled from the front to the back. And I looked at him. I said, this is too small. <laughs> Some of y'all need to go back and look again. <laughs> you first time you looked, you thought it was impossible. You need to go back and look again. What did Elijah tell his servant? He was praying for rain. He said, I just see a little cloud. He's praying some more. He said, there, I'm going to keep praying. You go back and look again. You need to tell some people, go look again. I'm going to keep praying about my vision that God given me. I'm going to keep praying about the revelation that he has birthed in my heart. God don't give dreams without bringing in the past. He don't give visions without bringing in the past. I'm going to keep dreaming. I'm going to keep envisioning. I'm going to keep seeing. And I'm going to keep praying. And then when you see it, go on and give God the glory. You ain't got to get other people to believe in your dream because it's resonant on the inside of you. They can't see it until it come out of you. So quit trying to get people on your bandwagon. Long as you got Jesus, long as you got your man of God, long as you got some illuminated people around you, you need to keep praising God because it's surely coming to pass. This last scripture. Yeah, this last scripture. Let me read you. Because it ain't just kind of any kind of light. Come on now. Hallelujah. He said, you are chosen. You already there? First Peter 2, 9. You are a chosen generation. I think Pastor Alvin said this like that last night. Say, God picked me. See, other people didn't put you on the team because they was looking on the outside. I think I'm going to take me a lap myself. <laughs> the reason why people don't pick you because they judge your natural ability from the outside and they looking at what you got on the outside and the only reason why you got that on the outside is because that's what they've been telling you. You ain't good enough. You ain't big enough. You ain't fast enough. But oh baby, when they see what God's seeing on the inside, God said, I saw what they couldn't see. 
I picked you first, baby. I died for you because I know what I can birth through you. He said, I picked you because I knew I could light you. <laughs> you ought to tell people, you can't light me, leave me alone. That's all you ought to be looking for for the rest of your life. If you can't light me, leave me alone. It's a whole lot of people can go with you. It's a whole lot of people can buy you a hamburger. It's a lot of people you can buy a hamburger for. I'm not interested if you can feed me. I want to know if you can light me. That's what I'm interested in. The reason why Pastor Cynthia and I married, I didn't marry her because she made good brownies. I didn't marry her for domestication. I learned how to scramble my own eggs. <laughs> but she can see. She can see. That's why we married. I cook my own brownies if I want them. I cook my own cake if I want it. I want to know if you see what I'm seeing. And I want to know if you can walk in the light with me. Still talking about how we going to do this. This going to be the end of us. <laughs> That's about the story of Job. Job married an old ugly old woman. She was ugly on the inside. She said, Job, you've been sick too long. Cuss your God and die. Said the devil all in our house. Job said, I don't have no doubt. I know the Lord going to bring me out. You better watch mess when somebody can't dream with you. Because they think they're cute on the outside. And you should be quitting judging stuff about cute on the outside. Because people got time to fix themselves up. It's when you got to get up with them in the morning. Yeah. You get up with them in the morning. They say, they don't need to be looking at me. You just as ugly as I am. <laughs> I thought you was cute. They don't need to tell me, you just as ugly as I am. <laughs> no, you want somebody can dream with you. So you're a chosen generation. Say he picked me. I'm royal priesthood. Servant of God. To bring forth his visions. A holy nation. Can't play with darkness. Come on now. Don't you think it ain't. You the only one ain't messing with darkness. I see everybody playing with darkness. But me. Amen. 
That's why you need to come to camp like this. No, everybody ain't playing with darkness. You get out to the world, you say, they are, a lot of them are. But don't you make no mistake about it. God's going to have a holy nation. Don't you think you all know one out there like, was it Elijah? He said, I'm the only one out here holding up the bloodstained banner for the Lord. Yeah, that's what he said. God said, oh, shut up, boy. I got 500 prophets. Ain't bowed to knee yet. 500? 500? Why ain't sending you? You don't need to send them. Do what I told you to do. Don't you think he's not going to have a holy nation? We living in the last days now. I'm telling our church. We're going to take his gospel to the end of this world. They're supposed to get dark out there like that. Jesus said they were going to get dark. He said it's going to be days like Sodom and Gomorrah. You're supposed to see two people walking down the street, same sex. You just in that day and time now. But I ain't got time to be dealing with that. I got to keep preaching the gospel. I ain't got time to be watching them. I got to keep preaching the gospel because that's how I get out of here. I don't get out of here watching them. I get out of here preaching the gospel all over the world. Then the end shall come. And when they pull that bus up and pulling us out of here, I ain't going to come looking for you. Tell where you at? You seen so-and-so? What about mama so-and-so? I'm going to be on there in the first seat. Up front. Next to Jesus are the angels that's driving. I'm going to be saying, pull on off, pull on off. I'm just pull off. Pull on off. <laughs> Should have been here. I'm trying to go down and stand down here with you. I've done all the preaching I'm going to do. I'm out of here. I'm not going to stay down here with the 666. You know somebody with a name like that. First, middle, and last name all the same. And you down here playing with somebody like that? What's up, six? You can't even say give me five no more. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to do it. I got to move on. He says, you are peculiar people. You're probably different than everybody else. That you should show forth, come on now, the visions, the enlightenment. Show forth the praise of him. What is that? What he showed you in vision to do. That called you out of what? In the well. It just didn't say light. Come on now. We talking about marvelous. We talking about marvelous light. Amen. Wait till somebody see your marvelous light. They're going to want to be your friend. He calls it a marvelous light. I got to end with telling you what marvelous means. It means passing human comprehension. 
you're going to excel everybody else. Now, he wants you to do it so that they can see your light and get saved. Because when you excel everybody else, they've got to watch you. And then you get a chance to tell them who the real lighter is. And they're going to be coming and saying, instead of come on, baby, light my fire. They're going to be saying, come on, Jesus, light my fire. Marvelous light right here, it says, it's extraordinary. It means you're going to get out of the ordinary into the extraordinary. You're going to begin to cause amazement. You're going to have a surpassing ability on your life. How's that going to happen? Through a flame. That's why he said, I want to baptize you with fire. I want to illuminate who you really are. Every eye closed and every head bowed. That's what he said. We're going to give you a chance to light your fire. Now, I don't have long because lunch is going to be in a few minutes. So before you get your hamburger, Get a light first. I ain't got time to be waiting all day for you to come and make a decision. You know if you ain't seeing nothing. But first of all, if you're not born again, you can't see anyway. I can tell you because I've been there. If you never said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. And I want you to be my savior. You're saving me from darkness. You're saving me from a light, a life filled with darkness. I'm through stumbling. You may come to camp for the first time and, and now you're confronted not with your neighbor's light but with your own light. The question is, will you see? Because you ask Jesus, come into my heart and be my savior. Very simple, Lord, I believe that you are the son of God. God raised you from the dead. I believe that with all my heart. And now turn on my light. I'm ready to see. This generation would be better with me seeing than me stumbling. And if that's your heart, I need you to raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Jesus, I need to give you my heart. Raise it up high where I can see it if that's your heart. And don't be ashamed because God's going to flood your life with light. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God.